1: Won the European Cup for Manchester United it's absolutely astonishing the double is definitely Manchester United's too far for Ronaldo to think about it oh! absolutely sensational it's red in Russia Night in Europe is Manchester United's night
0: it's pre-season at Manchester United pessimism panic overreaction and everything else United have won all three fixtures so far without conceding in pre-season we've seen the quality of our new signings and our youngsters and some good performances from others too Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's coaching staff are working towards making United a pressing side on the front foot. And welcome back to the Manchester United weekly podcast. We're here for our fifth series and this is uh, episode one of this series. Thank you for joining us once more uh, for another season. We're looking forward to another great year of regular episodes and some more guests. talking on episode one, our signings so far, Aaron Wan-Bissaka from Crystal Palace and Dan James from Swansea City, and those who could still join, Maguire, Pepe, Bruno Fernandes and others. We're also talking our pre-season performances so far, looking at the youngsters and the tactics. Jack, let's start with the signings already made, firstly with Aaron Wan-Bissaka, and we'll start with a a question immediately from former guest of the podcast, Sam Smith, a Palace fan who says, is Wan-Bissaka a bargain? 50 million? Is he a bargain? And what did you think when we first brought him into the club?
1: Well, first of all, it's good to be back. Um, and early signs from pre-season are positive, although we've said that pretty much every year for the last three years now. Um, but yeah, wan has probably been the highlight of, of the summer so far. He looks like a great signing. I was really, really pleased when we got him in. Although the only, the only thing that was ever a little bit of a downside was that it means less opportunities for Diogo Dalot. But, I mean, Juan bissaka has proven his worth last season for Palace. And so far, it looks like he's hit the ground running. Uh, he's done very, very well in, in pre-season so far. And, I mean, £50 million is a lot of money, no doubt, especially for a fullback, which isn't a position that normally goes for such, such big amounts. But at the end of the day, I've said this before on this podcast, I don't really care about how much we spend on players. If we have the money, we should pay what it takes to get them. I'm not saying we should... We should overpay for players, but the way that we've dealt with transfers in the last five years means that clubs will always overpay us. Sorry, always make us pay more than we really should, because they know that we're willing to spend that much. And so it's always going to be like that, especially buying from another Premier League club. So yes, it's a lot of money, but ultimately, he looks like he's going to be a great signing. He had a great season last year, and he looks like he started well, so... At the moment, it's all looking positive in terms of, of Wan-Bissaka.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only other club you spend that much on a fullback back is, is City, who did it with, I think, three of them um, within the space of two summers. But yeah, <laughs> I I don't think he's a bargain. I think if he becomes as good as we think he could be, he'll be pretty accurately priced. Yeah. For such a young player, one season through, £50 million is is a lot of money to pay. But the potential that he he has showed and he's showing in in United show already means that he could become worth that fifty million. Is he worth it right now? Probably not. And yeah, when when the the signing was announced, um, I was a little a a little bit hesitant. I think because uh, we've got Diogo Dallo. He he has looked good, but very different fullbacks. One Dallo is a is an attacking. Player who wouldn't look out of place on the right wing and has played there for United already, whereas wan offers, I think, a little less going forward than than Dalo maybe relatively to to his defensive work rate. And one on one, he is a fantastic defender. Um, but watching him so far, so I was a little hesitant. But watching him so far, he's, he, he looks fantastic. And it's really nice watching someone go into. Going for a tackle and thinking, oh, they might actually get the ball and not foul their man or injure themselves. Uh, <laughs> unlike Jones, Rojo, Smalley and, and all the other of the, the the clowns who have <laughs> plagued our defence for the last few years. So yeah, really good signs from Wan-Bissaka so far.
1: Well, and I'm sure his defensive qualities were probably a very big part in the re- in Solskjaer wanting to sign him because although fullback has become a very attacking position in football now, we need a, a fullback that can defend because we know that our center backs, especially if we don't sign another one, generally are not the best at it, and you know we need we need a solid right back there to make sure that we are kind of helping out our defense because that was that was the issue last season we just kept conceding goals far too easily and to be fair to Wambasaka so far i've been pleasantly surprised at what he's looked like going forward he's ne- He's never going to be you know a danny Alves type of right back where he's effectively almost like another midfield player that isn't that isn't his his game, but so far he's looked pretty assured on the ball he still gets forward and still getting into very good spaces and that's really what we're what we're looking for in terms of darlow i I had a similar feeling to what you just said in terms of you know not worried but I like darlow and I think he did he did enough last season to deserve a few more chances in the team but one thing that I think we might see now is potentially Solskjaer trying to make Darlow into a right winger permanently. You know, I don't I don't see Darlow ever really becoming an established starter at United, but I do see him becoming a part of our squad as, as cover for both right back and right winger. Um, and I'll, I'll, to be honest with you, at this point, I actually think Darlow is probably more suited to playing right winger because as much as I like him and as good as he is on the ball, defensively, there are just too many errors. There are too many... Awful cha- awful challenges, bad positioning, I think, that make him too much of a liability at right-back. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing whether Solskjaer does try and convert him into more of a right midfielder. Yeah, well, we
0: saw it a couple of times last season. And, and to be honest, having the option of someone there who can play at right-back and right-wing when, when required is a, a really nice luxury for United to have. But yeah, really, really impressed with Wambasaka so far. And Luke Shaw had a, a good season last season, not a great season. He certainly needs to improve as the rest of the team hopefully improves as well. Um but having Shaw on one side and Wan on the other side is is I think a a good way to go forward for Manchester United. Yeah. Ahead of wan uh on the right wing or potentially on the left as well, Daniel James. Um Dan James signed from Swansea City, eighteen million. Is that a bargain? Um I think it's 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 weird to say but Eighteen million for Manchester United now is, is pretty. It's like a risk-free signing. Yeah, relatively, it's now just a, a nothing amount of money for for a, a player.
1: We'll be spending that much on youth players soon.
0: Yeah, and a twenty-one-year-old who's had a, a good season with Swansea. Um, absolutely rapid. I mean, the pace and the acceleration that, that we've already seen in pre-season from Dan James is oh, it's just stunning. And I think he's he's a pretty raw talent in the same way that the youngsters coming through now, Chong, Gomez and, and Greenwood are, are pretty raw as well. So I think what we'll actually see is he'll get 15, 20 starts next season and maybe he'll get a few more than than Greenwood, Chong and Gomez simply because he's been signed rather than come through the academy. I think for now I'd put him, he might change my mind within the first five games of the season, who knows, but for now I'd put him in the bracket with that set of youngsters coming through who are going to slowly start getting more games and, and start improving and, and becoming less raw and more of a, a rounded product. Yeah,
1: to be perfectly honest, I didn't know too much about Dan James before before we signed him. I'd heard, heard his name a few times just for because from good performances in the championship, but I didn't know too much about him as a player. But watching him now in pre-season, he looks like a a, a very, very talented player. And the one thing that I noticed about him a lot is his movement. For a young player, his movement is very intelligent And constantly, whenever we're on the counter-attack, he's always there. He's always popping up in good positions. He's been unlucky not to get a goal so far. He's hit the woodwork once, had a couple of other good opportunities. But I think, like you said, it's a risk-free signing for us at this point. And it's in a a position where we desperately needed someone, especially if if he plays on the right, which I think he should, because he looks just as good on the left as on the right. And the right is by far the area where we need him more than on the left. Like I said, I don't want to get too in my head, too ahead of myself because it is only preseason. It's only been three games. We can talk to. We're blue in the face, but ultimately preseason doesn't mean that much. But you know the signs so far are very very positive from Dan James. He looks like a very talented player. Like I said, the movement is really really positive, and I think often that is what is hardest for players to learn. It's it's easier to teach them to be more composed and you know to be neater on the ball. But having that football intelligence to have good movement is very, very hard to teach. And if a player can come in already having that understanding, that is a really, really good sign. In terms of how much he's going to play, I actually, I slightly disagree, Harry. I think he's going to play more than you might expect. I don't think it's fair to put him in the same bracket as Greenwood, Chong and Gomez. I do think he'll play a lot more than that, especially if nothing else, just because we have so few other options to play on the right. I mean... Do you look at the rest of our options? We can either try and fit square pegs in round holes and put either Rashford or Lingard out there, or you know play Darlow maybe. But I mean, none of those options really inspire much confidence. So why not? Why not play James, the the player we've just signed? Like you said, relatively risk free, and just see what he can do. I I don't think he's going to be starting every game, but I think he'll. I do think he'll start more than fifteen to twenty games. I yeah. think he'll, especially by the end of the season. I think he'll be pretty much an established starter for us
0: I'm more I'm I'm more talking about in terms of the, the stage of his development I don't see that much difference obviously he's, he's got a full season of championship football on his belt and that's very different to, to Heath Chong but I watch Chong and I watch Daniel James and I think in different areas because Chong needs to, to bulk um, out certainly and uh, there's a few elements of Chong's game that need to improve pretty quickly if he's to get if he's to get twenty games in 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 the United first team next season, but I watch James and there are a lot of things. I think he's at quite a, a similar level to to the youngsters. I think he'll get more games naturally because he's been signed as a as a as a transfer as an external signing. But uh, in terms of development, I think he's quite similar to the to the players who are a couple of years younger than him um, coming through the system. Um, but yeah, I've I've just really enjoyed watching him um, and. It's it's another exciting player in that front line for United, and so far in preseason, uh, we're talking after the Inter Milan game, three games, and and every time I've been impressed by the the movement of James. As you say, the only thing I think the only weakness I've really noticed so far regularly is the the final ball is is not always there. Yeah. and his crossing is excellent, but when he when he cuts inside, then you start to see he's trying to thread those balls through, and they they're not coming off very regularly. But that's I mean that will come and that's, that's fine with me. Um, now, there's there's more signings to come, you would think and would hope. Uh, I certainly expect United to bring in at least two more players uh, before the transfer deadline, which is in about two and a half weeks, three weeks. Um, and there's a, there's a few names linked. Harry Maguire at centre-back, uh, Bruno Fernandes of Sporting Lisbon, the uh, midfielder, and Nicolas yeah. Pepe from Lyon. Uh, someone has mentioned Bale, uh, and we will say very quickly, do we want bail? I don't. Uh, do I think it's going to happen? No, Jack. I think you're the same.
1: Yeah, I don't want him. Also, don't think it will happen. I reckon he'll either end up at Bayern or in China. Yeah,
0: but uh, moving on to on to more realistic ones. Starting with Harry Maguire, who's been the uh, probably the most heavily linked so far. And they uh, the English tabloids kind of jumped the gun a bit, saying United had. I think it came from the Sun initially, and then a few others, uh, red tipped newspapers picked up on it as well. And ran with the story that United had agreed a deal for Harry Maguire, and that's clearly not true. Um, and there was there was some good bits where uh, someone reported that Harry Maguire had left the Leicester training camp in France to return home in preparation for his United uh, move, and in fact, the entire Leicester team had left their French training camp because it had finished. Um, <laughs> uh, such is the nature of uh, of the yeah. silly season during the summer uh, for for Manchester United in particular, but Maguire. £80 million is is the fee, at least, that uh, Leicester are reportedly demanding. Is he worth that much?
1: No, but I don't think any English player from a Premier League club moving to another Premier League club is ever worth as much as what's paid for them. Um, I mean, it it yeah. looks even more ridiculous when you think that just this week, Matthias De Ligt, who's probably the best young centre-back in the world at the moment, and you know, based yeah. on what he did with Ajax for the last couple of seasons should have been probably the most one of if not the most expensive centre-backs in history and he's gone to juventus for i think it was 69 million so we're about to pay 11 million pounds more for for an older and less accomplished harry maguire and and what listen i want to sign harry maguire i like maguire i think he's a good player and not just for his defensive qualities but the way he plays on the ball i think he'd be a very good signing 80 million is a ridiculous fee but as i just said Ultimately, if he turns out to be a good signing, no one's going to care about the fee in two or three years. Um, so yeah, like no one does anyone talk about how much Van Dyke was signed for anymore. No, because he was a great signing, and that's more important than how much he paid for them. If we think he is the right player and we think he's the one that we can get the most out of, we should go out and sign him. Obviously, you should try and sign him for as little as possible, but at the end of the day having the player on the pitch for the first game of the season against Chelsea is the most important thing regardless of how much we pay for him.
0: It's hard to look back at uh, Van Dyke's performances at Southampton and remember how English football fans viewed him before that move to Liverpool. It seems to me that Maguire's not at quite the same level um, and the, the the silly thing is we're paying more than Liverpool did for Van Dijk um, and we're paying more than we could have got Maguire for last summer and for some reason we we didn't pursue that much to Jose Mourinho's annoyance and that's a bit that kind of wrangles with me a little bit um, but yeah, yeah. A, a really good centre-back, United haven't got that many options that they can pursue uh, and I think having a centre-back who has played in the Premier League for as long as Maguire has done and has shown that he he has... He's not going to be the best centre-back in the league and he's not going to be, I don't think he's even going to be in that conversation, but having someone who you know can come in and perform without without much of a risk, as opposed to last summer and in January, United were being linked with people like Scrigna from Inter Milan um, and a lot of players from the Italian leagues and, um, and elsewhere. And I think perhaps they would turn out to be better defenders, but... It's, it's always a, a much bigger risk and what United need right now is someone who can uh, lead that defence and what United have needed for the last seven years. So um, it's become repetitive and if we finally do just pay the money for the player we need, then that that would be a sign that United are going the right way. The thing is, if you look at our summer so far, yeah, it would be great if we could have all of our business done by now. But no, I don't think any club has all their business done by now and it's unrealistic to expect that. So far we've signed... A, a cheap, good young player uh, from Swansea who has a lot of potential to grow, a diamond in the rough, if you like, as some people have labelled him. And we've also signed one of the Premier League's best fullbacks last summer for a fee that kind of seems just about reasonable. So, so far, it's been good. Uh, the problems for United are if they can get a few more signings over the line. And the, I think the biggest problem is offloading players.
1: 100%. There are at least five players that I think need need to leave before the end of the transfer window. I think the problem is who, who wants to sign them? I mean, you know, you look at people like Phil Jones, like Ashley Young, that we talked about last summer and the summer before that as people that needed to be shipped out. Chris Smalling, another one you could put in that bracket. You know, these are players that should have left United quite a long time ago and now are still not only in the team, but figure to be relatively big parts of of our season next year. That is a a big problem for us at the moment. I I think you're right in that so far I've been surprised, actually pleasantly surprised by our summer. Um, I don't think it's been too ridiculous. I don't think we've, even even though I think we're going to overpay for Maguire, I don't think we're panic buying Maguire. I think there's a difference there. You know, it's not that we're just like, Oh, we need, we need any center back we can find. I do think that Maguire is a, he's a good fit for the team. I, I agree with you that he's not going to be the best centre-back in the league, but I do think he's a good signing, someone who we know what we're getting into. He has experience playing in the Premier League and he's, I think, I I, I don't want to say this because say I've thought this about so many United signings in the last five years, but Touchwood is a relatively safe signing, I think. We know what we're getting into with Harry Maguire. Um, and so even though I think we're going to overpay for him, ultimately I don't think we're panic buying him I think we thought Wan-Bissaka was a great signing for p- pretty much the right price, and then we took a, a pretty risk-free gamble on a twenty twenty-one-year-old winger in a position where we needed and we needed reinforcements. So so far, it's been a good summer, but it can't that can't be the end of our summer. We have to sign at least at least two more players for me. Maguire being one of them, and then hopefully a, cent- a cent- central midfielder. And The one who's been linked the most so far is, is Bruno Fernandes.
0: Yeah, I was just about to move on to Bruno Fernandes, and it's. it's you see, I've I've barely watched Fernandes. I've seen small clips of him playing. I can't comment on his actual ability, but I, I know the the kind of player he is. And it seems to me that if Solskjaer is going to play a a four two three one formation, and we can keep Paul Pogba, which we haven't spoken about yet. um We will mention it briefly in in a few minutes. But if we can keep Paul Pogba, play Pogba in that deep role that he played in his first season at United when he actually did did pretty well um, and was a pretty well-rounded player from a deep position on the marina. If you can have Pogba deep and Fernandes in front of him, Um, with the kind of pace that we now have in James, Rashford, Martial, uh, Greenwood, Chong and others. If you can have Fernandes with that pace around him and then Polper and, say, another player, Fred, McTominay, Matic, whoever it is, uh, deeper, that seems like a really good base. Now, Vic Chechi Ribeiro says, what's the latest on Fernandes? We desperately need a midfielder who can pick a pass and control the tempo of the game. And I do agree, but I think that player can be Pogba from a deeper position and in front of him you, you can have Fernandes who as I say haven't watched enough to comment but I think we've, I think we've got that player in Paul Pogba and ahead of him is where it's important that we, we build a really good fluid um, fart attack and I've been impressed so far but the latest on Fernandes is um, the Portuguese press on Sunday, we're recording on Sunday and they they suggest that the manager is already preparing for Fernandes to leave and that a move to United is probable but they've been saying this for, for some weeks now so it's really hard to, to see and to know what's going on with that deal.
1: For a long time it, it seemed like this was going to be the first deal that we got over the line in the summer. This was the one that seemed to have the most consistent links from very very early on in the transfer window and it seemed like we'd get this done really quickly. So now it, I'm, I'm starting to doubt how close we are to actually completing this signing and whether there is any real interest there. But I mean, I like Bruno Fernandes. I like the idea of signing him. I I don't watch Portuguese football week in, week out. Um, But I did watch quite a few of his games last season, probably about 10 to 15. And I mean, he looks like a a very, very good player. On the ball, he's very, very tidy. He looks... on, On the ball, he reminds me of a little bit of, of Tony Cruz in how in how tidy he is on the ball, but just a, a much more attacking version of, of Tony Cruz. Um, and it, I think he'd, he's the exact type of player that we need, someone who can be that link between midfield and attack so that we can afford to play Pogba deeper, like you said. Because so often we're reliant on Pogba to be that that link between the midfield and, and our forwards. But when Pogba's playing alongside Matic, he's just too deep to, to be the only person playing that role. So I think Fernandez would be a great person to play in there. And I think he would fit whether Solskjaer wants to play a four-two-three-one or more of a four-three-three because he he's adept both at playing as a, as an attacking midfielder or as a third center mid. So I I think it's a great signing, but I am slightly doubtful now as to whether we're going to get it over the line just because of how long the links have been there for and how little seems to have moved forward. It's it seems for ages like it's just been interest shown and there's been a sort of sixty million pound figure thrown around, but there's been no no word on that we've put in an actual official bid, there's been no word of contact with the player about per- about um, personal details, like the contract details and stuff. So it's quite hard to know where we're at right now. Um, but I am hoping that we get that one over the line because not only do we need a midfielder, but I do like Bruno Fernandes and I think he would he would fit well.
0: Yeah, I think the only risk with a team that has Fernandes and Pop in it is that you've got two midfielders who are going to be vying for the same kind of offensive position so if United can tie Pogba down to a a more disciplined deeper position then that would be fantastic and I think we'd see the best out of him we'd see the best out of the rest of the team but obviously tying Paul Pogba down to anything proves incredibly difficult uh just a word on well I think just
1: quickly I think that that probably is another reason why Wan-Bissaka was so important to sign because Having that, that fullback who is a little bit more defensive-minded and maybe doesn't mind sitting back a little bit more and has both the pace and the tackling ability to get back and recover and help us out when another team is counter-attacking against us would allow Pogba to have a little bit more freedom. Um, obviously, it's also very dependent on which Nemanja Matic we get, whether we get the second half of last season at Nemanja Matic or his first season at United, Nemanja Matic.
0: Yeah, I think that's you need someone very solid behind yeah. that. Oh, on on Pod, but things have died down recently um and compared to his after all the hysteria around uh his attitudes compared to some of his france teammates and some various other footballers around europe i think his attitude has been pretty exemplary since united flew out to australia before his quotes were i'm not going to say unforgivable because not quite but they were they were disappointing to see and it's, it's it was kind of it felt like it it was only a matter of time before he left, but it seems like no club can afford him. Um, I don't think he's going to push for a move. I, I don't get the sense that he'll push for a move desperately this summer. Perhaps next year. Um, but if we can get another good, if we can get a good year out of Paul Pogba as we build this team, I think that's the most important thing. If he if his long term future isn't at United okay, that's fine. But if we can keep him for this season, he can be a key player helping these young players to, to grow as a team, then I think that would be fantastic. I was
1: massively, massively disappointed by his quotes earlier in the summer, You know, saying that he wants, he needs a new challenge and that he sees his time at United coming to an end. It ju- it's just not helpful at all and do that behind closed doors. If he wants to leave, listen, I, I would totally understand if Paul Pogba turned around to the board and said he wanted to leave. He has been the best player in a sinking ship for the last three years, and he is a world-class player and he deserves to go and play in a team where he has players around him that are of a similar level where he can go out and win, win trophies. But, you know, saying this kind of stuff in the media, just, it doesn't help anyone. It's a distraction for the team. It's a distraction for the other players. But having said that, I've got to say I've been impressed with the way that he's come in during pre-season and I've been very pleasantly surprised with how quiet he's been and how happy he looks to be at, be at united still and also how how good his performances have been so far in pre-season because he's looked very yeah. good so far.
0: He's also been notably he, he's working hard and you can see it in the games. Yeah, definitely. In pre-season he just looks like he's working hard and it might be nothing but hopefully he can give us a a really good season if he leaves after in 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 the next summer then okay that would be disappointing but okay. But for now if Paul, there's no possible way United can be better next season without Paul Popper, no matter how much we sell him for, because you can't trust the board to invest that properly. Although, as we say, decent job so far. The final player we'll talk about is uh, Nicholas Pepe from Lille, um, who I think scored 22 in, uh, in League 1 last season, as Lille kind of pushed towards the top of the table. Uh, linked with United today on Sunday, and the times say that United have progressed discussions with Lille for the transfer of Nicolas Pepe. Um, he's valued by the French club at more than seventy million pounds, and Arsenal, Everton, and Liverpool are also looking at him, as well as some La Liga and Serie A clubs. Um, Liverpool are yet to make an an offer, but have been contacting various representatives to d- to discuss. Um, so, a clearly a player in demand, twenty four year old. Um, who you would think would leave Lille, and it depends where he goes. I think the question is: Do United need to spend that much on a right winger? And we've been saying for a long time that they they do need to the the whole of last season. Um, and as we came into the summer, I thought that, but with 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 Dan James signing and with the quality of the the young players, it's it's definitely not the main priority anymore, is it?
1: No, I don't think right winger is the main priority anymore. If we're going to spend seventy million plus on a right midfielder, I would much rather us wait a season, see how Dan James pans out, and then if he's not someone that we can rely on in the future, I'd much rather us go all out and try and sign Jadon Sancho. That you know that was the big rumor before the summer started, and Dortmund seemed to have hold held firm on on what they said in, in terms of Jadon Sancho not being up for sale. But I do think there is. 100% an opportunity to sign Jaden Sancho in the future Yeah, whether that's next summer who knows but I do think that he could be tempted back to England and I think the chance of playing you know against for, for City's rivals a team that by all accounts treated him relatively badly and, and not giving him a chance I think that would be the way to go Nicholas Pepe I think is a good player I haven't seen tons of him. I've seen a lot more of Jaden Sancho, which might be why I'm I'm higher on Sancho than I am on Pepe. But from what I have seen of Pepe, he's a, he's a good player, but I don't think he's a seventy pounds player, not at this point. And I would much rather wait, see how Dan James pans out and try and sign Sancho next summer. Sancho, for me, is a player who has more experience playing in a tougher league in the Bundesliga compared to League 1, has more experience playing in the bigger moments, having played in the Champions League for Dortmund, uh, playing for England a lot of Wembley, of course, playing in the Nations League this past summer. And I think 100% he should be our target at right wing if Dan James doesn't pan out. So I think I don't think Pepe would be a bad signing. He's just not my first choice.
0: Yeah, I think the point about waiting for Sancho is a is a good one um, because the thing for United, United aren't going for the Premier League title next season. And obviously United are are going towards the Premier League title but it's not as if United are expecting to be in a title race um, and to be quite frank getting into the top four is going to be an incredibly difficult task and I'm not that confident United can do it but I think, I think that helps the case of waiting for next summer because if United's aim now is top four I think they can get top four without signing a right winger this season so if United can achieve top four and then next season when they're starting to think about getting back into into title challenges into the title race that's when you spend the big money on a right winger but saying that I'm not opposed to spending 70 million on a right winger because it's, it's, the Glazers will just take the money otherwise so spend all of the money now but talking about the youngsters you've got Chong and Greenwood I think will be the, the two players who play the most out of that quartet of uh, Greenwood Chong, Gomez and, and Jimmy Garner And I think that's probably rightly so. I'd love to see Andrew Gomez get more chances because he he looked fantastic in in, in pre-season so far. But you've got the option of Greenwood on the right wing, Chong on the right wing and Daniel James on the right wing. And none of those are amazing players who who will perform and, and provide goals and assists every week. But I think it's a fantastic opportunity to give those really, really talented players a chance. And then next season, you can go all out for Jaden Sancho.
1: Yeah, there's no need for us at the moment, I don't think, to break the bank for a right midfielder. when I'm not saying we have great options at right wing, but we definitely have some intriguing options uh, that can play at, at right wing. Greenwood, James, Chong are all brilliant options, potentially, to play out there. And all offer us very different things in the way that they play. I think you're right. We're not in a mode where we have to do whatever we can to win this season. Win the title, I mean. We are in a position where I think we can afford to say, all right, we're going to wait a season. We're going to see how Dan James, how Mason Greenwood, how to Heath Chong fare in the first team. Because ultimately, we're not going to win the title this season. Chances are we're not going to do anything in Europe. Although I guess maybe since we are in the Europa League now, but all right, maybe our best chance will be some silverware in the League Cup or the FA Cup. But there, there are so many opportunities for us to say now, all right, Dan James, Mason Greenwood, Heath Chong, here's your chance. You've got a season. Prove to us why you are the future of this football club and force us not to sign anyone else that's a great opportunity for them and that, that's something they should be looking at as, a, as an amazing opportunity to kind of stamp their place in the first team for the next few years. So I agree, I don't think there is a need for us to sign another right winger just yet because we're not in a mindset in this club that it's this season or bust. That's not it at all. If it was that, I'd be saying, spend however much it takes, bring in, maybe even bring in Gareth Bale, you know, bring in someone of, the, of that ilk even if it's only going to be for a season or two, who can just provide that spark, like Van Persie did for us a couple of years ago. That's the kind of player you would want if you were for saying it's this season or bust. But that's not, that not the mindset that we're, we're in as a club. Yeah. We're not going to be challenging for the title this season. So we can afford to take the risk on the youngsters and see how it pans out.
0: I mean, it is pre-season. We will say that caveat any time we speak um, until the season gets underway. But watching a forward line of Rashford, Greenwood and James with Pogba behind, is, it's so exciting. Um, and there were two really, really great goals against Leeds um, in, in that first half. And then Phil Jones came up with an absolutely storming header. But watching United <laughs> so far, I've been so impressed by the the young players coming in. And I I think Greenwood, Chong and Gomez and Garner should all be getting at least 10 games next season. And Greenwood in particular yeah, should be 15, 20 games and that's, he's good enough. He's 17, he'll be 18 in October, I think. There's no reason to loan him out, there's no reason to keep him in the under-23s where he's absolutely bossing it. He can perform at, at, at the very top level and it's time United gave someone that opportunity just like we gave Marcus Rashford the opportunity uh, uh, how many years ago now? Four Four years ago? Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's time that Greenwood gets the opportunity. It's probably a little earlier than I expected, but Having watched him for a few years now, he he does now look ready, and the same goes for Chong, who needs to bulk out a bit. But give them that chance. So yeah, not signing a right winger, I I wouldn't be opposed to that. Just to see these these quartet of young players, who are four of the really really good talents, um, get a chance. But watching, uh, talking about the matches and the tactics so far, the, the pressing from United has been excellent. All three preseason games have actually been entertaining. Uh, which is quite an achievement. It's it's quite rare you get pre-season games being throughout pretty pretty good to watch. Um, and I think that in itself is is quite a feat for United and Solskjaer. And we're certainly seeing a, a style starting to emerge from from Solskjaer's team. Yeah, I've
1: got to say we were quite critical of Solskjaer rightly so I think at the at the end of last season and we both said on, on the last on like the season review that we had some doubts. We had some doubts about whether Solskjaer was the right man. And of course, as we keep saying, this is only preseason. But if you can take anything from preseason, usually it's about the style that a team is going to play. Not so much about the substance. You don't know how effective it's going to be. You don't know how all the players are going to play when things get serious. But generally, you can at least start to see a style come through. And to be fair to Solskjaer, it looks like he really is trying to put his stamp on this team. Because we are starting to play this high intensity, press high, move the ball quickly, attack in in waves and get the ball forward extremely quickly and use the pace that we have in that front line. Like you said, we've played a lot of these games with the forward line of Rashford, Greenwood and Chong or Rashford, Greenwood and James. And that has been incredible to see because the pace in that front three is frightening. And when we move the ball quickly through the lines and hit teams on the counter-attack, there's very, very little they can do about it. Because you have the quality of Pogba playing that initial pass to set them free. And then the the pace of those three is just, it's almost un, uncontrollable from, from, defense, from a defender's point of view. You can't really do much about it. Um And you're right, that the games have been entertaining so far. Obviously, it is pre-season, and everyone can say whatever they like in preseason. season And ultimately, a lot of it will probably end up being complete rubbish. But... The one thing that you normally can take is about style, and so far it does look like Solskjaer has managed to actually implement the style that he wants over the summer. So full credit to him so far. I think I've become slightly more confident in, in him as a coach. Um but, you know, three in three weeks we'll we'll get the real the real answer. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But United have been winning the ball higher up the pitch so much more often than um, yeah than in, in previous managers. And the the exciting thing is... Just
1: look at the two goals against Perth Glory in yeah. the first pre-season game that summed up everything that we've been doing.
0: Yeah. And the exciting thing is before we said it at the time, I remember sitting in in Old Trafford watching United lose three players in the first half against Liverpool when we held them to a draw and, and kind of stopped them winning the title. Um <laughs> Nice nice way to take credit for that one. Um, But yeah, I remember watching us lose three players and then Rashford also got injured. So we were playing with 10 and a half men, all three subs in the first half, plus an extra injury. And after that game, uh, Herrera was missing. I can't remember which other players got injured, but it, it didn't really matter. It was the fact that United had so obviously burnt out already and Solskjaer had come in. And you remember that first game against Cardiff where we scored five and the work rate was just fantastic. And then that carried on and the United States kept winning games, kept winning games and kept performing well. And there were weaknesses, yeah, there were, there were obvious weaknesses and there was certainly some defensive frailty. But a new centre-back coming in, a new right-back and that can be improved. And then... United have the chance we said it at the end of last season this preseason gives Solskjaer the chance to make United into the team that he wants them to be into that high-pressing team and with the players we got that's a team that we have to be because any other style I just can't see any other style working with the pace the, the counter-attacking ability that this side could have and should have and so that that makes me excited because that period before the Liverpool game was just absolutely sensational and United played some fantastic football and after that, it, it all went downhill. But that's fine, because last season was a write-off anyway. So now we've got the chance to do it, and I think Solskjaer is doing it, and I'll be excited for the first game of the season against Chelsea.
1: Yeah, the the excitement has definitely come back. I'm not going to lie, I wasn't I wasn't that much looking forward to, to watching us in pre-season, because I, I wasn't convinced much would have changed. But it actually seems like it has, and there are definitely some positive signs, which is really, really good to see. I, I, I can't wait for the start of the season. This is, again... The caveat to all of this is it's pre season, you know, whatever. But this is, I think, the most positive pre season that we've had in probably four or five years. Just in terms of the signings that we've made. And not, not just the fact that we're excited about the players, but it seems like there's some actual thought that have gone into these signings. There seems to be a lot less risk involved with them. You know, Wambasaka, someone who's played in the Premier League, hopefully wouldn't, won't need to adapt in any kind of way to the, to the games. Then you have got Dan James as a pretty risk-free signing, trying to get Harry Maguire who again Premier League experience. And I know it's I know it can be a big cliche, but especially when you're signing someone close to the start of the season, it does make a big difference normally in terms of how quickly they can settle into the league. All right, Bruno Fernandes would be a bit more of a risk, but at least fits the exact profile of player that we need. So you know, it, I, I don't want to say, oh, we're going to have a great season because no one has any clue at this point how the season's going to pan out. And there are still a lot of reasons to be pessimistic about what we might see from United next season. But if you go back and listen to our season review and what we were saying then, I think other than, you know, sort of the big structural changes that we want at the club in terms of the Glazers leaving and a change into the structure of, of the board and everything, at least in terms of the signings and the style there are it does seem like we're doing a lot of what we wanted as fans and so even though we still don't, we still don't know what's going to happen there has at least been a lot more positivity injected back into the club i think over the summer
0: yeah absolutely and i think it is that thing i wasn't looking forward to pre-season and then within 15 minutes of the first game i thought i this is this is a good united team <laughs> um so yeah
1: yeah football has that power to make you flip flop like nothing else
0: <laughs> yeah um we better leave it there we'll be back after the uh after the tottenham game or perhaps after the christiansen game in norway and probably before the ac milan game in cardiff which is our last pre-season game on august 3rd and then we have chelsea first game of season, august the season tenth, which I actually think is a pretty good game home to Chelsea, away would be terrible home home to Chelsea, Frank Lampard's first game as, as Chelsea manager
1: with no Eden Hazard,
0: yeah he'll play in the Super Cup before that but first Premier League games manager away at, at United and it gets one of the big games out of the way and I'm looking forward to it um, and at the moment United are looking pretty injury free which is, is rare um, and we haven't talked about Romelu Lukaku, uh, we'll see if there's any progress on that and then we'll talk about it next time perhaps he will have left by then, uh, we shall see but thank you very much for listening to uh, the first episode of series five thank you for staying with us for five series I wonder if we've got any listeners from the very start if we have tweet us um, and if you've got any questions you want us to answer for the next episode tweet us as well you can find us on Twitter at UTD weekly pod that's pod at the end you can find Jack on Twitter
1: at at UTD takes T-A-I-T
0: and I'm over at Harry Robinson 64 uh, thanks for listening as always have a fantastic week or a little more than a week uh, enjoy United in preseason and as say any questions let us know goodbye